Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money, hour three. This show's flying by, am I right, Jonathan? That's right. Anywho, John, Jonathan Fontoval, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. We got you, we got you back here. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Big Ant, Anthony Heron's going to join us, Big Ten Network. He actually lives in downtown Chicago, so I'm assuming, played in the NFL, of course, Anthony Aaron's the best. I'm assuming he's going to have something for us here with what's happening uh, in the drama. Dustin, you can fill me in if he's there on the phone. Not yet, momentarily. Okay, so just to kind of clarify what I'm discussing, we've fought incessantly about whether or not Justin Fields' words were misconstrued when talking about coaching and his terrible play coming into the year. And then we found out that Allen Williams has officially been fired defensive. There he is, my man, Big Ant. We're going to get Big Anthony up here in just a second. Allen Williams has officially been fired as the defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears, a man that literally lives in downtown with the family. Anthony Heron, Big Ten Network analyst, of course, Fox 32 Chicago Bears analyst. So we generally would bring you on to talk a little Big Ten football. We can't do that, Big Ant. We have to start with Chicago Bears because one of the more dramatic days there at Hallis Hall in a long time, yes? Man, there's been all kinds of stuff brewing at Hallis Hall throughout the day today. And I mean, I've been I've been in Big Ten mode a lot today, so I've had to try to track things from my phone. I've had folks texting me things. I'm walking through the halls at the Big Ten Network. People are kind of, you know, showing me like, hey, did you see this? Did you see that? Like, I saw a little bit of it. Uh, I've got a conference call with P.J. Fleck right now because I'm calling the Minnesota game this weekend. <laughs> but it has been a lot to track, man. And there's there's so much happening. There was a lot just coming off the, the first two games of the season and how things have looked on the field. And then you know, there seem to be a lot of dramatics that are going on as well. I like the pattern of your shirt, Anthony. Let's uh, let's get that out of the way. It's a really solid pattern. Checkers, I appreciate yes. it. Yep. Uh, so I wanted to – I was actually screaming at Dustin. And so I know then I saw your tweet too that you didn't really get to see what Justin Fields said and what the whole thing has been. I, I was very adamant in that Fields was taken out of context, that we do it all the time. You just put up the big quote on the image and you don't give any context what the conversation was. You, you know, you've been around Fields. I think you alluded to that in one of your tweets as well. Is he a guy that would go out there and openly throw a coaching staff under the bus? How do you think this goes forward with having – to now call the media back and talk to them in the locker room to clarify what happened. It's just not not how he rolls normally. You know, I mean, he, we've watched every step of his path as a college quarterback. I mean, even to some extent as a high school quarterback, you know, those who were seeing the, the special that he was a part of, they're kind of tracking and cameras trailing him around during his senior year of high school. But certainly every step of the way at Ohio State and every snap he's played as a quarterback of the Chicago Bears, and him throwing coaches, teammates, anyone else under the bus, it's just not how he operates. Uh, and like you mentioned, I, I haven't seen because I've just been in, in work mode throughout the day. I, have, I haven't watched the full scope of everything that Justin Fields said to the media today. I did see the video where he called the media back to his locker later on in the day to try and clarify a few things. But just for some context, like you said, I live here in Chicago. I grew up here in Chicago. This is a a sports fan base. This is a 
a, a fan base that has supported this franchise so much for so long, one of the original historic NFL franchises, that really there's very few Bears fans alive who feel like they've gotten to root for a great quarterback. And there's so much hope coming into this season that Justin Fields may be able to become that. And so off of the offseason, off of some of the acquisitions that got made and some of the trust that fans feel like they, they are trying to put in this coaching staff, the, the first two games just haven't gone well. It, it hasn't looked like what Bears fans were hoping and expecting it would look like. And so there's a lot of angst in the city right now. And Chicago is different than New York, guys. It, it's where, you know, New York, that there's an aggression to the fan base. Philly, there's an aggression to the fan base and to the media coverage. Chicago's the number three media market. And there are reporters who cover the team. There's a fan base with expectations for the squad. But it's not as as quickly, like, negative and visceral as it as it is perhaps with some of the bigger markets on the East Coast. But after a couple of weeks here with, with the the hopes and dreams of Bears fans feeling like, are, are they going to be dashed already this early in the season? Is this what we've been waiting for? Folks are up in arms about a lot of what's going on. That's a great explanation. Anthony Heron, we'll get to the Big Ten, I promise. That's a great explanation of Chicago having grown up outside of Detroit. It's the Midwest. We're very passive aggressive. We don't necessarily (laughs) go at you like New York and other big cities. So totally agree. But let's just focus on the play then. As far as accountability, I won't call it blame, but accountability for Fields' play thus far. How much do you put on the quarterback and how much do you put on the coaching? I've been talking about this a lot around town, and frankly, it it feels like I feel like I'm beating the same drum over and over again because I, I was saying this early last season before offensive coordinator Luke Getzey and the Bears went into their mini bye week and then came out of it with the offense that began scoring 30 points a game over a, a rather extended period of time in the NFL, utilizing the legs of Justin Fields. That needs to be a much bigger chunk of how the Bears operate offensively. I was saying that early last season. They got to that point, and then the offense took off. Now, how sustainable is it? That was a part of the conversation for Justin Fields last year. It's been a part of the conversation for Lamar Jackson, for Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, you name it. A lot of guys who are amongst the best in football who have gotten big contracts based at least largely on their mobility, on their improvisational skills, where I would say Justin Fields is a little bit different is that Justin Fields, I don't think, is, is as intuitive with, with his delivery of the football as, as some of these other guys that I reference. He is not a guy who's ever thrown with immense anticipation, but not every quarterback is built the same in that way. His counterpart on the field the other day, Baker Mayfield, is a very intuitive player, throws with great anticipation. He's still wildly inconsistent with his productivity, and it's why he's the number one overall pick. He continues to bounce from team to team. But there are certainly there's an offensive system that could greatly suit Justin Fields at this point in his development while continuing to watch him expand as a reader of coverages, as a passer of the football. The QB run game, the called QB run game has been completely absent from the Bears offense through the first two games. And that not only puts pressure on the defense within the way they have to fit the run within the the fact that they are likely to have to drop additional defensive backs towards the line of scrimmage when it's successful, thus opening up additional throwing windows. It puts all that pressure on the defense, but then also it takes pressure off of an inexperienced quarterback to snap in and snap out, have to sit in the pocket and read the full field. That's not what he's exceptional at right now. It's like Luke Getze, Matt Eberflus, they took the entire offseason, evaluated what they had in Justin Fields and in some of the new weaponry here, and said, all right, last year doesn't exist. Let's just start from square one with what we want the 2023 Bears offense to be. And it's just not giving them the best opportunity at success. Justin Fields, definitely, he's got to read the field more quickly. He's got to get the ball out of his hands more rhythmically. There's no doubt about that. There are some things mechanically that I hope they continue to tweak and refine to get that out of him. And his growth needs to continue to mature in that realm. But it's like you got this Ferrari just kind of sitting on the shelf right now, and he's not one of these guys who looks to improv. Go back to his career at Ohio State. His highlights with the Buckeyes weren't running around all over the place. I had to remind everyone of that last season. That was new. 1,100 rushing yards for Justin Fields in the NFL. That was never what he intended to be as a quarterback. But as they finally adjusted and he sort of figured out how to use his 4-3 or 4-4 speed on the fly, like, oh, I'm one of the best athletes in football. Okay, we can work with this. We can score points with this, and it can set up, as it did, 
higher passing numbers. Look at the second half of the season versus the first half of the season. Completion percentage was exponentially higher. Touchdown interception ratio exponentially higher. Not just the rushing yards improved. The threat he became with his legs opened up a better run game for the Bears and a better passing attack as well. They have to get that going. Anthony, I know that, um, of course, we want to talk Big Ten football, so let's transition over there. You mentioned you were talking to P.J. Fleck. Did you get an answer as to why this offense has been so stanky through the first three games? (laughs) (laughs) I did not pose the question uh, using that exact verbiage, that the word stanky did not leave my mouth with P.J. Fleck. But I did talk to to himself. I talked to uh, Matt Simon and and, uh, Greg Harbo, uh, his offensive coordinators, about just where the Gophers offense is at at the moment. You got a lot of new personnel up front. You got to act. Chris Altman Bell was anticipated to come back healthy this season and, and be their best receiver. He's been limited in action so far. And you look at the game last week. They played against a top 20 North Carolina squad on the road. Bunch of freshman linebackers on the field. Some experience in the secondary. And they were in that game until a stretch where Ethan Kaliak Manis, their starting quarterback, who is another inexperienced guy, who was in the backfield with a true freshman running back, Cadillac Manis had to leave the game for a few snaps because of some cramps. He was suffering when they were only down one score. Backup quarterback comes into the game, throws a weather balloon into the air. That gets picked off. Then you got the, the top five pick at QB. Drake May comes back into the lineup for the Tar Heels, leads them down the field, and, and puts essentially kind of feels like it puts the game out of reach after responding to that. But I do expect Brevin Spanford, one of the more talented tight ends in the country, to be a bigger part of the Gophers offense in the game I'm going to call on Saturday night on the Big Ten Network against the Northwestern Wildcats because he is 6'7", 270, runs like a deer. He had a couple of drops in the game last week, but he's a sixth-year senior. He's a very experienced player, really gifted athlete, and he's gotten a lot more physical as well at the point of attack. So they've begun to put up rushing yards with this true freshman running back, Darius Taylor. He'll be on the field. He'll be in the lineup. He'll get plenty of totes. But then I do expect, because where Ethan Kaliak Manis is not Tanner Morgan in experience or in in mentality that he kind of brings to the QB position. He's a lot more physically gifted than what Gophers fans have seen over the last handful of years behind center. So I do expect we're going to see more of kind of the vertical pass, the play action attack pass, because they got the run game to really set that up against this Wildcats defense. Big Ant, 30 seconds. Your Hawkeyes at Penn State, can they hang? Yes, because of the defense. I have a hard time thinking, even as, as gifted as Drew Aller is as a quarterback, we did see that he's mortal. And so the Illini defense gave him some trouble last week. And I, I believe that Iowa, because of what, what they can access in the secondary, the great matchup up front between the best offensive line James Franklin has had, has had at Penn State and an extensively deep and talented Iowa defensive front, that's where the game will be decided. Do I think Iowa's going to win? going to be a tough one, but I do think they can hang, yes. You're the best, Anthony Heron. Thank you so much. It's VSIN, the Esports Betting Network. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, 
You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, check out the picks. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. VEASAN.com slash picks is the page. Remember, when we're talking about getting the tools like the splits and Jonathan Von Model and the betting guides, like that's all included, but so are the picks, which we email to you every single day. And you can sign up now for as low as 19 bucks. Make sure you do. You can get an annual subscription. If you use the code SHARP, you'll get 10% off right now. It's VEASAN.com slash subscribe vcin.com slash subscribe. So we've got our buddy Bill Zimmerman coming up in 15 minutes to go back to the Bears. He is more dialed in with that uh, franchise than anybody. So we'll get to him as we welcome you back. It is Sharp Money. I'm Patrick Maher. More importantly, Jonathan Von Tobel, the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson. So Iowa, Penn State, we left. Anthony Heron played at Iowa. Uh, was a great player at Iowa, actually. And th- this weekend, Penn State is hosting Iowa. The number... Most shops showing 14 and a half. You do have a couple of 15s. I watched, I got caught because I had the first half. I had Illinois in the first half catching seven and a half. It did cash, but I got caught watching that full Illinois Penn State game. What generally happens if I don't know about you boys, but if I have a first half play, I'll always, because you pay so much attention to the first half, I'll always have a second half play because I feel like I have a good rhythmically wise. I feel like I have a good feel on the game. And Drew Aller is very good. And Penn State, you know, they run the ball, 4-6 a pop. They do have skill on the outside. And both Penn State and Illinois, tremendous defenses. If there is something missing, and we've talked about this, like, blanket-wise across college football, it's the wow factor when watching Penn State. But you could point to Georgia and say, are they missing the wow factor, Jonathan? You can point to any team in the country right now and say, is there necessarily a team that's head and shoulders above everybody. So Penn State will be in the mix. It's a long-winded way of saying, here comes Iowa. Iowa actually averaging a little over 28 points per. The big question is, will Shea play the tight end who's their best receiver? It does look like it's a significant injury. That kills McNamara and this Iowa offense if he can't go. We'll start there. But 14 and a half is a big number for Penn State to cover here against a good Iowa defense. I've got a bad taste in my mouth about what happened with Penn State and Illinois, uh, Patrick. And, uh, I, like, when you watch that game, so when you were watching in the first half, you have, first off, it is the the lack of explosiveness. Let's put a number behind it, right? You, you call it the wow factor. Let's go with lack of explosiveness. They only sure. have nine plays this year, 20 or more yards. And it's early in the season. You can say, well, it's fine. Well, it's not fine when you've played West Virginia, Delaware, and Illinois, right? Like, you should probably have a little bit more in your arsenal when it comes to some explosiveness. The other part about this is that James Franklin is so weird, man. Sometimes when he gets the opportunity, he'll run up scores, and other times he is so painfully conservative. In that game, you have a fourth and goal from the Illinois three-yard line. They like to kick a field goal. You know, instead of actually going to score, it's a two-score game or a one-score game when it really shouldn't be after giving multiple opportunities. I think what it ultimately they ended with three or four interceptions in that game, and yet mm-hmm. it still seemed like they were just barely keeping him at arm's length. And that's kind of my issue. And when you look at Drew Aller actually looking, uh, as we were talking about earlier, somewhat human, his PFF passing grade has declined each of the games that he has played, 89.6 against West Virginia, 81.7 against Delaware, 78 last week against Illinois. I, I think that there's something here where, at the very least, when you're looking at this Iowa defense, one of the better ones statistically in the country, EPA and otherwise, 
going up against an offense that is so tight, that lacks explosiveness, that isn't really yep. there, and you have better quarterback play. You know, I was in on this game last year uh, in betting. Ultimately, didn't get But Penn State here, I, I think, could be something where I'm not really comfortable laying 15 points with an uber-conservative team in a game with a total of 40. I, I think that I'd rather be on the side of taking 15. I totally agree, and you mentioned it. Penn State, big guy, forced five turnovers at Illinois. And again, I know it's a 30-13 win, something like that, so they pulled away in the second half. But I agree with Jonathan, just those big, you know, dynamic plays weren't necessarily there. By the way, Penn State, Illinois, I was very bored watching that game, just well, as an aside. Yeah, <laughs> Two yeah. really good defenses, but that was a boring football game. You want to jump in here at 15 with Iowa headed to Penn State? Well, I like Iowa in the first half catching uh, seven and a half, I believe is what it is right now. Look, I love the weapons for Penn State. I love the running game. I think Aller is going to develop as the year goes on, and I hope he's a New York Giant in two years when he's eligible in the draft. But Kirk Ferentz is one of those guys, man, and that I'm, I'm usually on the wrong side of, so I'll be fully transparent about that. I'm usually like, when I think they're good, they're bad. When I think they're bad, they're really good. But this is a spot where I think they make sense. I think there's a lot of hype behind Penn State in the offense. And Kirk Ferentz, whether I like the style or not, he's successful. And he's good at limiting offenses, especially high-powered offenses, uh, because with him, you know, his offense isn't going to usually do much. This year's a little bit different with McNamara. My favorite rivalry in sports up until this year was uh, Kirk Ferentz versus the forward pass, but apparently in 2023, he's going to embrace it here with McNamara. If you go back over the last few years, this game is usually close, right? Going back to 2018, they, uh, it was a six-point win for Penn State. 2019 was a five-point win for Penn State. 2020 is a little out of the ordinary. It's a 20-point win for Penn State. But then in 2021, the last time they met, Iowa won by three. So it's always a close game. He always plays them tough. He's a pain to deal with. I lean towards backing the Hawkeyes, and I like getting more than a touchdown in the first half. Don't disagree with that yeah. at all. Uh, I think we're all in agreement, which is certainly hasn't happened over the last two hours and 21 minutes, but we definitely agree with that. I, and I agree with you about Franklin. I don't want to get into the personal stuff, and Dustin knows I'll go on a rant about Franklin as long as you want, about just what an unsavory human he seems to be. But as a coach, he's mercurial as well. Like, not Dan Campbell mercurial, but certainly decisions in-game mm -hmm. at times can be a little iffy, to say the least, JBT. Oh, absolutely. And I think it just – like, it's – it goes back to an odd mix of, like you said, it's, it's inconsistency between conservatism and, uh, you know, non-politics uh, when it comes to coaching football and then, like, like aggressiveness against, like, some of the little guys. I just don't really understand, like, the ebb and flow to some of his decisions at all. Totally agree. All right, big guy. Oh, quickly before we move on, yesterday we were playing a little game called What's Your Beef? Oh, and my beef was That's not the name. What's beefing? What's your beef was WDFN, Stoney and Wojo. That's where I stole it from growing up listening to Sports Talk Radio. Anywho, my beef was the Lions philosophy. You draft a running back 12 overall, and uh, you don't use them when your RB1 goes down. Uh, Amal's beef was Monday morning quarterbacks. With uh, bets. Talking about their bets from the NFL. We've heard that before. And Dustin, we didn't get to yours. Your beef for the week, it looks like it's Instagram Reels. You're going to have to explain to me exactly what this is and why you're beefing about it. So it's a two-part. For those that don't know, Instagram Reels are like these short-form videos on Instagram that you can check out, you can like, and then you can share them. Call them what friends. they really are. I'll, I'll get to that. Okay. Porn. Right. No, no, no. no, it's no. Not. I think no. we're on the same page. Yeah. So what happens is I will not check my phone for a little bit, and I will open it up, and I will have 10 12 messages from people sending me Instagram reels they want me to watch. Now, when I look at who's sending them to me, sure, my best friend is sending one. My father, who recently got into Instagram, is sending me another. But then there's people I haven't seen or spoken to in 15 years who are consistently sending me seven, eight, nine, ten Instagram reels a day. People I've never met that used to listen to our old show on Sirius XM who listened to the new show. And I understand that you think I want to be your friend. And maybe I do if you were in person. But one thing I don't want to do is go back and forth sharing Instagram reels. And here's the main reason why. I am on TikTok. Everything you're seeing on Instagram reels, I saw three weeks ago. Stop sending me stuff I've seen a million times on TikTok three weeks ago. And also, if we haven't spoken in person in 10 years, 
you don't need to send me anything on the internet ever. We don't have a relationship. I hope says the dude says the dude that links up with any girl that gives out yes. plays, any woman that gives out plays on social media that you've never met before, I mean, you'll immediately become best friends, yet you're clowning everybody else. No, no, no. That's meeting people in person. I do not want to converse via – there's no – it's just, hey, here's this video and this video. And by the way, people assume I lean one political way. Let me tell you, I don't lean the way you think I'm leaning. Stop sending me those. What was Jonathan's point when you started your rant? He no, said, TikTok thing. say no. what they really are. What are they really? Yeah, he had on it. It's, it's six-month-old TikToks. Yeah. So it's, what, it's what Instagram If you're watching reels Instagram Reels, you're watching stuff we watched months ago on TikTok. I said three weeks. He said six months. Yeah. So TikTok's lit and Instagram's not. Is that what you guys are Instagram's telling me? Instagram's for the olds. True, fam. It's for the olds. Tick, we're, me, <laughs> me and JVT were young and hip. We're on TikTok. I mean, I don't, I don't have either, but I do feel like all I hear about is TikTok these days. Well, like, I don't literally. stop talking about it. All I know is I will open my phone later today, and there will literally be eight, nine, ten messages from people, and I haven't spoken or seen these people in years. And I've actually told some of them, I'm never going to look at these, stop sending them. And they keep sending them. Can I have a beef? Is, yeah. Maybe this is for later. I'm beefing with my co-host, Pam Aldonado. Uh-oh. Wait, okay. Hold Already? on to it. Hold, hold on to it. You'll have plenty of time. So, Pam, who's been a wonderful addition to V-CIN. Pam Maldonado, who's awesome with sports betting. You can go give her a follow. Apparently, Jonathan Von Tobel, who I heard they had a great working relationship, he can't stand her. you got to wait to hear why he's beefing with Pam next. I know our next guest has a beef with the Chicago Bears because he covers the organization. His name's Bill Zimmerman. He joins us. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. And to answer your question, I cut my gummy in half, five milligrams all day, baby. We're back with another week of football. DraftKings Sports 10 kills me. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered. Download the app right now. Use the code SHARP. New customers, here's the deal over at DraftKings. New customers, $5. You get $200 in bonus bets instantly. You get 10% off right now when you use the code SHARP. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Got you back here, Jonathan Von Tobel. Of course, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. A longtime colleague of ours over at Mad Dog Sports Radio is Bill Zimmerman, who's one of the greats. Uh, he is right now editing Windy City Gridiron. He's the deputy editor, and he's done podcasts. He's done everything for the Chicago Bears. Nobody is more dialed in when it comes to Chicago Bears. You can find Bill Zimmerman at Bill T. Zimmerman on Twitter. And apropos, we were going to have you on randomly, and then S hit the fan over at Hallis Hall today. Why don't we start here? Because we've literally, the three of us have been fighting about Justin Fields. Were his words misconstrued today? When in his first presser, I thought he called the coaches out, and then he called another presser, and he said, hold on, let me clarify. What was your take on Fields' comments? I have a feeling, and good to talk to you, Patrick Dustin. I have a feeling that it was more walking it back. I don't know if it was, you know, if the Bears said, hey, man, you've created quite a stir here. But I think either way, it was yeah. I, I, Justin Fields is pretty genuine when he's up and doing press conferences. This isn't a guy that does a lot of, you know, subtle quarterback speak and speaks in vague terms. He's usually pretty forthright about things, even his mistakes that he makes during games and and things like that. So, I think he he was being forthright and honest and saying, yeah, I had you know too much going on in my brain from from coaching. Basically, is was the long and short of it and. You know, I need to be more instinctual and be more him. Maybe Fields didn't mean it to come across as, you know, the coaches are screwing me up. Maybe it's the, you know, I'm having a hard time processing the coaching. But but either way, he definitely wanted to to walk it back. And whether the Bears encouraged him to do so or not, I'm not sure. But definitely wanted to walk it back and not make it seem like he was slamming Luke Getzey under the bus. 
Uh, Bill, Jonathan Von Tobel here, and uh, these two chuckleheads uh, just can't really understand the nuance uh, of Justin Fields' comments. So uh, I'm glad you were able to come on and explain exactly what he said, even though it was very plainly clear. Uh, so what, what have you seen from Fields in the first two games? Statistically, if you go by certain metrics, you know, in other spots like PFF, for example, uh, he has regressed. What, what have you seen? Do you think that's the case? Right now, he's regressed, and that doesn't mean he's he's shot and ruined for the year. I, I certainly hope not for, for the sake of covering this team for another 15 games, but he is not decisive in, in the pocket right now. Now, you know, there are a lot of things that could be playing into that, and one thing that could be playing into it is he's being coached to do these certain things, and it's a lot going on right now, and it's it's – he has slowed down. The game isn't slowing down, but he has slowed down trying to process it all. Now, the other thing that it could be is that Justin Fields is not processing the field quickly and had the same problem last year, and we're still here after two games of the, the 2023 season. So it, it's hard to tell at this point, but, I mean, look, the offensive line was very, very poor against the Green Bay Packers, but they really weren't that bad against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now, if you look at sacks and things like that, you're going to see that it looked like Fields was under a lot of pressure, but I think a lot of it was self-inflicted. He held on to the ball a tremendous amount of time. I mean, one of these plays, and this was just an egregious play from Justin Fields, and I, I, I believe in Justin Fields, the quarterback. I, I want to say that when I say this, but Roshan Johnson was, was lined up outside and basically had a, a tailback seam and was open by 10 yards. His arms were up and Fields held. And there were two other players that were open as well, but Fields held onto that ball for six seconds, somehow didn't see it and took a sack. It was, it was a terrible play from Fields. So there is something going on right now. He is not that let it rip explosive player that we saw a lot last season. And if the bears are going to try and get this thing on track and it's, Right now, it's a sinking ship. If they're going to get this on track, they need Justin Fields to play like the athlete that he is. Bill Zimmerman, Windy City Gridiron. They're giving up 32.5 per game. They're scoring just 18.5. They just fired Allen Williams. We won't get into the details because it sounds very unsavory. Like, What's the best-case scenario? They're 0-2, and they've looked like garbage. What's the best-case scenario, and how do they turn it around? Well, the best case scenario for them, I mean, there were there were people out there and there were some, you know, analysts and football pundits that were saying, hey, maybe this this team could make the playoffs. That certainly doesn't seem to be the case because they're certainly headed to 0-3 with the Kansas City Chiefs on the road this weekend. But again, it doesn't really matter if this team finished 10-7 and or 6-11. and What matters this season is Justin Fields. So turning this around is seeing if Justin Fields can be the guy and show you know, this was just a slow start and that he is the guy that can throw for 230, 250 yards a game, run for 50 to 60 yards per game, just be that special talent that really we haven't even seen in the NFL. There are guys that have parts of that game, but if he put it all together, that was the hope that this could be this next level of quarterback. I don't know if we're ever going to get there. I don't know if he's going to be able to put that much together, but they certainly need to be at a point after this season where they're confident that he's going to be their quarterback for the next several years, because with this quarterback class coming up and the bears, you know, the Carolina Panthers are also owing to, and the bears own that pick Frank, thanks to the DJ Moore number one pick trade. They need to know that they are not taking a quarterback with two potential top 10 picks in the 2024 draft. They have to be confident when you have a quarterback class that is shaping up like this one, you have to be confident that you have your quarterback and you can get pieces with those top 10 picks and not use those picks for a quarterback. So this season kind of regardless of outcome on wins needs to be about Justin Fields. Cause when you look outside of Justin Fields, guys, there are so many holes in so many pieces. I mean, you, you talked about the defense, the defense, and I don't know if people realize this, the defense has given up 25 or more points for 12 consecutive games dating back to last season, obviously. <laughs> this is Matt Eberflus. This is a defensive-minded head coach. This is his defensive scheme, and I understand that they had injuries and not a lot of talent on the roster last year, but 12 straight games they've given up 25 or more. There are a lot of problems with this team right now. So uh, among the problems, you know, can you – 
Like, what's going on with Luke Getze? Because a lot was being made of the three straight screen calls right at the end of that game. One of them, of course, returned to the end zone. You had Chase Claypool as well and the, the lack of blocking in the first game getting called out there. In terms of the guy who's in control of this offense and in control of coaching these dudes up, what, what have you made of his job? Is he in danger at any point? You, you ha- if, if this offense doesn't start looking more professional – uh, at, at some point here in the near future, you have to wonder if he is if his job will be in danger. We know coordinators are, are usually the scapegoat, and the way things the way things you're hearing at Hallis Hall is nobody is happy right now in upper management, meaning above Ryan Poles and, and Matt Eberflus. So at some point, if this offense continues to sputter, I wouldn't put it past them to make you know maybe Luke Getze doesn't call plays anymore. Maybe they they give it to Andrew Jonico or or someone like that. I I don't know exactly what the answer is going to be, but I can say that there is nobody that is confident in Luke Getze as an offensive coordinator right now. From the game plan, from the play calling, I mean the three the three consecutive screens. I mean you you call that out. I mean Levante David was trying to hold back a laugh. In his, you know, when he was talking to, to Greg mm-hmm. Allman, I mean, he was just like, like we all said, are they really running this play again? <laughs> like the the defense had that had fully understanding exactly what was coming there, I and mean, that's that's the kind of stuff you do in Madden football, not not on an NFL sideline. So there are a lot of questions with Luke Getzey, Getzey, and rightly rightly so, and we'll just have to see if they can get this the ship right. Because after Kansas City, the schedule lets up a little. They have some winnable games there. I don't know if they're winnable for the way the Bears are playing, but in theory, they have some winnable games there, and they're going to have to start getting some W's in in, in that column. Bill, you got 90 seconds. Kansas City hosting the Bears this weekend. The number's 12 and a half. What are your expectations? There is no reason right now to think that the Chicago Bears can cover 12 and a half. I, I think absolutely that the Kansas City Chiefs will run away with this game and, and win it, you know, maybe three touchdowns, that kind of thing. I think they're going to win quite comfortably. The last time Patrick Mahomes played the Bears, he started, you know, putting his fingers up about where he was drafted. He he held that chip on his shoulder that they took Mitch Trubisky over him. And I know for a fact that Patrick Mahomes loves Matt Nagy. He is a huge Matt Nagy guy. He is a big supporter of Matt Nagy. And we know how things ended in Chicago for Matt Nagy. I mean, he was a broken man when he left there. And I guarantee you there's going to be an extra chip on Mahomes' shoulder. Maybe not for himself anymore. He's, he's proven that he is certainly far better than Mitch Trubisky. But to kind of show the Chicago fan base that Matt Nagy can run a good offense. So I expect the Chiefs to be motivated in this one. And I think they're going to put, put, the, put the hurt on the Chicago Bears pretty good. How surprised were you today that our buddy Chris Russo, Mad Dog, talked about taking gummies on ESPN? I'm surprised he did it on ESPN. That is, he has done that before on his Serious XM show, but I, I'm surprised he did that on ESPN. It's, uh, you know, it's it's something I've witnessed. It's 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 interesting. <laughs> yes, it's it, it's something. <laughs> Bill Zimmerman, you're something. Windy City Gridiron. Bill T. Zimmerman on Twitter. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Absolutely, guys. Thanks. Okay, we're gonna pay it off. Jonathan Von Tobel's upset with Pamela. We'll come back. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. 
So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw. Smoking on that Bears pack, JBT. Bet $5, get $200 instantly. DraftKings, you crazy. You got to use the promo code SHARP, though. It's a great deal. The crown is yours when you get over to DraftKings and you download the app. And this is for new customers. So if you like free money, you're in. If you don't like free money, I guess ignore what I'm telling you. But if you go to DraftKings and you use the promo code SHARP and you're new, you bet 5 bucks, you get $200. It's pretty simple. You can turn that 200 bucks into JBT money. Check it out. The crown is yours over at DraftKings. Sharp money. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, Jonathan Bontobel, Dustin Sweetelson. We've got plenty to do. I got a couple surprises for you. Uh, I'm not surprised because I watch every Saturday and Sunday. Live bet Saturday, 9 to 1 with Jonathan Bontobel and Pamela Maldonado. And then what I love is college football lines reveal 10 to noon on Sunday. That show's lit. However... It's always good when you have good synergy with your co-host, and I thought that Jonathan and Pamela did, but apparently his beef is with his co-host, so maybe not so much. What's up? I was trying to think of doing an Amal oppression, but I couldn't think of what to do in that moment right there. Um, Lay down on the floor and go yeah. to sleep. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we've got beef. I, I finally, you know what? I was sick of it. I called Pam out on the floor. We have a show bet. I want to get your guys' thoughts on if I'm going to win this show bet or not. She loves Notre Dame. I think that Notre Dame is somewhat fraudulent. Congrats on beating Tennessee State and Navy. We have a bet that of their four games on the schedule, Clemson, USC, Ohio State, and Duke, I think they will lose at least two of those games. If they lose at least two of those games or more, uh, we have decided to put a a case of – we both like the same energy drink, so we'll put a case of the Celsius on. Got to be healthy. Your, Your yes on two or more? Yes, I am yes on two or more losses. I actually think they're yes, going to they, lose. Yes, they, they, they do lose two of those games. Right. I, I actually think they lose yes, three of absolutely. them and, and are in a dogfight in the other one. They're yes, not, they do lose two. They're Go not ahead, who everyone thinks they are. They're, they're just like, and I'm not you don't You don't think Tennessee State and Navy are good litmus tests? What are you talking about? That, that offense is completely legitimate. Yeah, yeah, and Brennan Armstrong at, uh, at NC State, you're going to run all over. Uh, uh, by the way, a game that got delayed by lightning and was a lot tighter before yeah. two catastrophic plays at the end. Yeah, yeah. the one thing I'll give Navy, or Navy, Notre Dame credit for is over the years, they'll play down to these weird opponents and play up to elite ones, so they'll be in these games. Hartman gives them a chance, and honestly, the – Hartman's getting all the hype, but the running back, Estime, is the best player on the offense. Like, that, everything revolves around him. He's crushing people. Um, but I don't think they have the weapons to com- – especially with Ohio State this week, they don't have the weapons, and Ohio State's got a great defense. Uh, Duke's going to be a challenge, by the way. Uh, USC, they are not going shot for shot with USC. The only chance they have in that one is that USC's defense stinks. That's about it. But really, like, if it gets up there, I don't see them being able to stay with them. Clemson's going to be tough because it's at Clemson. Clemson doesn't lose at home very often. Including this weekend. Um, I I will say this, too. I mean, they take the first loss this weekend. I laid three with Ohio State. So I'm going to get my first one in the bag this weekend. Where does that close? Is it close three? I think so. 
I think like three altered juice. I don't think there's as an odds maker, there's no real reason to move off of three. You probably you saw it dance back and forth between three and a half. Like my read of the market would say there is respected opinions that are behind Ohio State, but respected opinions are not all built the same. So there could be some uh, market shapers that are on Notre Dame, but I would say three altered juice would probably be your you know. Yeah, your I mean number. I'm seeing fifteens in the market as far as the juice. I do see a yep. three and a half offshore, uh, but DraftKings right now is showing Ohio State three with a dollar fifteen juice. Uh, Pamela's not here to defend herself. Maybe you could give her strongest defense of Notre Dame right now in 30 seconds. Oh, I don't know. Whenever people disagree with me, I stop listening. So <laughs> You were listening to me earlier when you were yelling, though. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what you just did? You did an Amal imper- impersonation. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I think Amal just stops listening in general. Yeah, no, he admitted the, the truth. That's the difference. Yeah, he didn't right. fake it. I mean, the other day yeah. I, I read a list that Dustin gave us, and then Amal came back 10 seconds later and read the exact same list. I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sharp Money. Um, you know, it's interesting. We were talking earlier about you two working out together, and then also you both have an affinity for video games. And then I was thinking, wow, these two are very similar. And then I thought kind of the full scope of your lives, not similar at all. Dustin Sweetelson is, what, 38, single, that situation. And Jonathan Von Tobel is very young, married, very proper, a couple kids, wonderful wife. And then I thought, because Dustin sent me this picture a couple of weekends ago when it was lit over at his apartment. Do you have this going on at your house? Take a look and explain what you're looking at there, JVT. Uh, that's Dustin's new setup. I know he's been working on it. Uh, I've got three screens, not two. I or actually have not a, four. I have a fifth one that's out of camera, but it's not yeah. on the wall, so I didn't want to take a picture of okay. it. Yeah, so I, For I, those on radio, uh-huh. uh, we're looking at a setup of, and it's a pretty sweet setup, I'm not going to lie, but it's... Uh, this is what we call birth control when you have a woman over because he's got four TVs in his main room. I mean, don't you guys agree that no girl is going to be like, Dustin's I mean, they already weren't, they weren't before I put the TVs on the wall. How does this change anything? I mean, like I told Dustin Patrick, we're out here. I don't know why you would splurge on the four TVs and Sunday ticket when you can just like come somewhere like no. this and just watch the can't. games, which is what I do every Sunday. I can't do it. I can't, one, I can't be out in public around people while I'm trying to focus on my games. Secondly, if I'm at, <laughs> if I, if I am, if I'm at a place like this where they're serving alcohol, I will drink too much and not be able to remember anything I watch to talk about it the next day. This last Sunday, I was sitting here with Paul Stone. We were sitting here chopping it up for the entirety of the afternoon. It's like drinking beers, having conversations. I like Paul Stone a lot. He was telling me all sorts of true crime stories. It was crazy. Yeah, because he was a private investigator. He's such a sports guy, bro, because he just just said in the same sense, he goes, I got to focus on the games. Which, by the way, because I have a horrible memory, so I have to pay attention, like, extra hard. Like, that's part of it is, like, if I'm out in public, I will oh. not pay attention as much, and I won't remember it. There are so many times on Monday, you and Amal will reference a moment in a game, and I'm like, I had four TVs going. How do I don't? How do I not remember? See, that? that's why you watch it with people because then you talk about those moments that you miss. Yeah, but then they're don't betting the do, other don't, side. Don't you guys feel like, and I, and I get this with the four box grid on one singular TV. Like I just completely start losing. It's information overload, and I completely miss everything I when there's f- too much going on. It's severe overstimulation and on every monday morning i wake up and i feel hung over from it so my strategy is i know we have to get your list really quickly i actually so i like in situations like this where you know you got all the games going on at once whatever i willingly focus like 90 percent of my you know like brain power on two games and then i'll just keep track of the scores in the others because i'm one that goes back and rewatches games or does stuff like that so oh, see i I'm put willing to do i it. put red zone in the middle so when they mention a thing i'm interested in i'll focus on that with the sound on then the rest like i'm watching my bets constantly you said severe stimulation and didn't make a joke i'm proud of you dustin (laughs) well it's brain stimulation it's not that interesting to me (laughs) you don't have to pay by the hour i think that's the sexiest stimulation i know i know about your friday evening severe stimulation (laughs) runs and we cannot discuss that on the air let's discuss dogs because everybody loves dogs Although, Dustin, you're not even a dog person. Oh, I am a dog. I love dogs. Dogs love me. You know dogs can sense evil? They can sense evil. Yeah, look at my ex-girlfriend. No, but I love dogs. I just won't own one because I know I'm not responsible enough. And I don't – I have a two-bedroom apartment. Like, I would feel bad having the dog in the apartment all day. If I had a yard with a house, like, let the dog run free in the backyard. But I feel bad. I don't have enough space. I can confirm that dogs do love the big guy. 
my little dog Jeezy, remember she met you for the first time. Well, she couldn't get enough of the big guy. In, Loves him. No, nah, so I felt good about that. And then I watched Jeezy meet like ten other people, and Jeezy liked all of those people better than Patrick. I think little dogs like big things too. <laughs> She, yeah, she does love chicks. Uh, all right, let's get to it. Top 10 dogs. Where, where are we starting here? All right, number 10. They have to be on the list, but I think they're a little overrated. That's Golden Retrievers. It's like owning a Honda Civic in high school. It's a Me Too car. It's a Me Too dog. <laughs> Everyone's got a Golden Retriever. They're super sweet. They're really lovable. They're decently smart. And they're a, reli they're a very reliable dog. Like, you know when you buy a Golden Retriever, it's going to ultimately be a good dog. But the only issue is that, like, you'll walk into a dog park and everyone else has a Golden Thanks Retriever. Thanks for reminding me of my dead dog. I think Patrick had a Honda golden Civic. retriever, too. <laughs> yeah, we had one growing up. Number nine. Number nine, Bull Mastiff. There's nothing better than a dog you can actually, like, wrestle, like, completely wrestle. You grab it by the neck, and you play with its jowls and throw it to the ground. Uh, I like that. And I think they're a little more gentle than they look despite their size, and they're actually pretty calm dogs. So Bull Mastiff's on my list at number nine. Number, number eight, eight is absolutely adorable. I don't understand how their legs are as small as they are but I can't stop looking at a corgi if a corgi's in front of me. They're just an overload of cuteness, so they have to be on the list. And then number seven is a really, like, pretty dog. Have you ever looked at a, a Bernese Mountain Dog? Multicolored coat. They're pretty big, but not, like, big like a St. Bernard. They're not sloppy, and they don't drool everywhere. They're kind of the combination of, like, everything you want from a bunch of different big dogs. Love Bernese Mountain Dogs. You look sweet in that picture, by the way. Yeah, that's all. Uh, like, uh, you look like a grunge guy. Is the Shiba Inu going to make it on the top ten? You have to tune in and find out. But uh, in that picture on this graphic, I I'm on Wagovi, not Ozempic anymore. Jonathan, take us out. Talk about whatever you want for 27 seconds. Go. Mm. All right, so Armored Core is this game, right? It's really sick. It's by the guys <laughs> from From Software. Uh, they're behind the geniuses that, you know, Dark uh, you see, uh, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, Bloodborne, which I'm really we'll hoping is going to come Sharp up with the sequel. Sharp Money, it's so hard, it's network. incredible. I regret it. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.